Welcome to The Measuring Line. I'm your host, Heath Meadows. Hope everybody had a great weekend. We're going to take a little bit of a detour from the series that we've been talking about. Actually, that series has gone at a snail's pace. I apologize for that. Been a little busy, pulled the trigger on pursuing my PhD, so that's kind of bogged me down a little bit. Once I get into the flow of that, I'm hoping to continue to put out podcasts on a more consistent basis. Again, if you're out there and you're still listening, please get the word out about the podcast. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to get that stuff done as far as advertising. It's really funny because when I advertise on Facebook, <laughs> and I'm not real sure why this is, but every time I've actually you know pay, paid for like, I don't know, five or ten bucks to to do a advertisement on Facebook, I get all these responses from the satanic church. It's crazy. Um, not real sure why that is, but I've gotten some really, <laughs> I laugh at it. I mean, it's kind of funny, but some really crazy responses from them guys. I mean, they send me all kinds of weird pictures and yeah. So I kind of stopped doing that because I thought, ah, it's probably attracting the wrong crowd. Although those are the crowd that needs to hear the gospel and I'm not afraid to, to talk to them about it, but just kind of weird stuff. I really don't want, you know, strange occultic pictures being sent to me, but oh well. So, you know, word of mouth is great. So if you can get to talk to your friends, I do believe this is a podcast that in the coming days is going to be one of the voices out there that are speaking the truth. We're seeing so much happening in the world today with compromise and people not wanting to stand up and, and speak the truth that it's a little scary. And we aim at this podcast to be a voice not just in the wilderness anymore, but really speaking out into the cities and the byways and, and standing for truth. And that's the whole point of being a measuring line is that God's truth is a measuring line. His truth is seen throughout creation. And the very fact that we can look at nature and see him in it should be enough for an unbeliever to believe in God. And that's really what Psalm 19 talks about and what Paul talks about in Romans. But I want to bring everybody's attention. These are subjects that actually at first I thought, okay, I'm going to go, this is going to be confusing because I'm going to go on two different rants. But no, they're actually connected. They both have to deal with revelation. And so here we go. First one I want to bring to everybody's attention is I want everybody to pay real close attention to what is happening to Jordan Peterson, Dr. Jordan Peterson in Canada. And if you don't know who he is, he's a, a psychologist, clinical psychologist. He's a professor at Ontario University. Brilliant man. I uh, love his stuff. He's done a roundtable. If you're a, a subscriber to the Daily Wire, he's done a roundtable that's dug into the book of Exodus. He also did a series on the book of Genesis and just how phenomenal the books are when it comes to actually dealing with the human psyche. I recommend those if you haven't uh, heard of those. The, I believe the first part, there was two parts. There was an eight-part series, and then there was a break, and then he finished up the roundtable on Exodus. I haven't got through all that one yet, but I believe the first part now, the first eight episodes, the full episodes are available on YouTube, so you can go check those out. They're really long, but they are worth it. They've got some really key very smart people talking about it. and you'll see a side or an or a viewpoint of the bible that you're probably not used to seeing so really highly recommend that but he about 2016 2017 took a stand for 
some of the transgender issues that were going on and the things with the, the puberty blockers and um, biological sex and uh, people allowing teenagers and, and young adults to have sex change because, you know, a boy thinks he's a girl or a girl thinks he's a boy and all that stuff. And, you know, as a psychologist, he pointed out that how detrimental that is to allow that to happen because it is has been very well known for a very long time that a lot of kids going through puberty get confused about their sexuality and it's a natural process. And if it's, you know, more than what is normal, then obviously there needs to be some counseling. But he's called into account the idea that we're allowing kids to have these uh, permanent changes to their body when in fact we know we have the science, the neuroscience to back it up that the frontal lobe's not fully developed and rash decision-making is the teenagers, that's their main thing. That's why we get on them. That's why we discipline them half the time because they don't think things through. They make these rash decisions and it comes back to bite them and that's because their frontal lobe is not fully developed and to really process information and it doesn't get fully developed till many times up into the early 20s although i do believe that it gets better with time but obviously that's an issue and a contradiction to what science and and many psychologists are saying when it comes to this transgender idea and so he spoke out against that spoke out against the leftist uh, climate change and really got he just got bombarded with stuff but what happens that like happens so many times when you get on these guys radar and the, these far left extremists and I'm, there's far right extremists too that are just as bad. So I'm not picking on one group over the other, but they, the, typically when you get on these extremist radar, they actually help you become successful. It's free advertising. And that's exactly what they have done. He's, he's become so popular and such a voice and people you know, pretty much there's a lot of people that follow him right at this point. And it's probably making him a, a millionaire several times over. And I don't have any qualms with that whatsoever because he is standing up for things that I believe people need to stand up for right now that believe, you know, that believe the same thing we do. And, and with him, I think God has positioned him in this uh, spot to do exactly that, to be a person that can stand up. And he's in a position to fight. Uh, what's going on. But anyway, the, the university has basically said either go through our re, uh, retraining, reprogramming of how to handle yourself on social media, because all these things that he said were either on a podcast or on Twitter, and uh, either do this or we're going to take your license away to practice in Ontario. And so he refused, took it to, I think, one step down from the Supreme Court. I'm not sure. I am not familiar with the Canadian court system, so forgive me. The court ruled in favor of, recently, last week, ruled in favor of the university. And so now Jordan Peterson has to take this to their ultimate Supreme Court in in Canada. He's taking it there. He's fighting it. And the, and the real issue is, and I agree with him on this, if he was just worried about his clinical license, it's not that big of a deal. He can get, he could probably come here in America and get license. I don't know about how that would work, but I know in other places in Canada, he could go and get his clinical license. He doesn't even practice. He doesn't even practice clinically anymore. So that's not the point. The point is that he believes in free speech. He's standing up for free speech. 
he's an avid he's an avid uh, researcher when it comes to these tyrannical dictatorships that's happened throughout history. So he's really dove into how the Nazis achieved what they did in Germany. And, and so he likens to some of the things that are happening now to almost exactly what happened in Nazi Germany almost 100 years ago. But what I want to bring the Christians' attention to is something in the book of Revelation. When we see the first four chapters in Revelation, Jesus is writing letters to the seven churches, and he's talking about persecution in a few. And I'm not going to dive into that scripture right now. There's a series I did on that. I don't know. I think I uploaded it again to this podcast. I'll double-check. But I teach very in-depth on how you know, what was going on in those specific regions. But one of the things that was key during that time and where Christians really had a rough uh, time and struggle was trade guilds. So in order to make a living, you had to obviously do something. So you were either, you know, a trade guild was basically where you went to get a job if you were a mason or a builder or carpenter or if you, any kind of trade skill whatsoever, they had these guilds. Well, each guild had a God that was assigned to them that would bless the guild. You know, it was the God of the carpenters or the God of masonry or whatever the case may be. And they would supposedly bless the the business or the guild if, if they were worshiped. And so part of being a member of these guilds was worshiping these gods. And if you did not, then the guild's like, we're going to bring us bad luck, so we're kicking your butt out. Well, if you got kicked out of the guild, you had no way of making a living, no way of buying food, no way of putting a roof over your head. You were, you were in serious trouble. And that's exactly what we're seeing in today's society. If you don't buy into the climate change agenda, if you question the science at all, if you question the motives behind the science, because actually you can go through and what's happening now with the climate change is it's became a religion. It's not science. There's really no science or science. I am a firm believer in taking care of the earth, by the way. I'm a hunter. Most of you know that. I hunt. Hunters are usually one of the biggest proponents of conserving our natural resources because we want to be able to hunt and pass on hunting to the next generation. And so we want to protect our wildlife and our, and our woods and our, you know, forests and all that. But I also don't prescribe to this radical, we're going to all die in 10 years, global warming trend, because there's a lot of science that also disputes that. And it's usually being suppressed because of the narrative that's happening throughout the globe. And so if you don't prescribe to that, if you don't listen to, you know, well, we believe that you can decide your own sex regardless of how you're born. If you don't prescribe to how we think or what we worship, which is our own ideologies, then we're going to destroy your life. We're going to take away your ability money to to support yourself and support your family. It is the exact same thing that happened 2000 years ago during this when that letter was written to the seven churches during John's time. The exact same thing just in a different package. And what I want to bring that attention and specifically to is I want you to think in the book of Revelation not as a linear way of things are going to happen like this happens then this happens and this happens not in a linear timeline but in a cyclical timeline, in cycles. And not only in cycles, but in this ever-increasing 
Think of a think of a wave as it as it leaves the point of origin. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so this area during the time of John that was, you know, these trade guilds and everything was pretty much located in the Middle Eastern, you know, right around the lower European in the Roman Empire. But what we're seeing now is this thing encompassing the globe. And so not only do we have the cycle coming back around, its influence is actually larger than what it was back during that time. So we're seeing the increase of not just the pressure, but the territory. And I think that is really why um, we can we can say that we're living in the last very last days more than anything else we can see these cycles not only increasing and intensifying but covering almost the entire earth almost everywhere now you go you're going to hear about climate change or you're going to hear about the transgender thing or it's just almost everywhere and i think it's really important for christians to understand the historical context of the bible because of things like this we can know the times and seasons through discernment and discernment comes from knowing the word of god and studying the word of god and knowing what it says now my second rant which is more of a pet peeve well it really frustrates me and it also has to do with the book of revelation believe it or not and so I'm on Facebook this morning, and there's this thing flying around from different people that I have on Facebook that talks about, and I think the first sentence is, I don't know much about the book of Revelation. That right there should make you just stop. If you don't know much about something, then do all of us a favor and don't, don't talk about it. Because all you're going to do is insert your own speculation and ideas in there and not be based on biblical truth or fact so that's the first problem is like i don't know all about revelation or something to that regard but i know we're in this i'm like then if you don't know then you don't know that's just that simple secondly it goes into this idea that it it, it promotes the idea of a pre-tribulation rapture well i'm not going to split hairs on that i don't believe in a pre-trib rapture I can support my theory on that very soundly, but that's not the problem because I there's good people that believe in that. Okay, that's fine. It's it's not essential. We don't have to split over that. But my issue is when it comes to one, people just kind of throw that out there like that's really, you know, that's the truth, and that's everybody should believe in that. Well, that's not necessarily the truth. More more, more people are jumping on the the bandwagon that we're not going to get raptured out of here before tribulation. It's primarily a Western view. It's only been around for about 150 years. Early church fathers didn't see it that way. And I don't believe the Bible says that, but if you want to believe that, go right ahead. Here's the problem with that view. This statement or article or whatever it is, even though I think it has good intentions on trying to bring people into the kingdom of God makes this statement that God is preparing us for the rapture of the church that happens before the Antichrist comes. And it even says, remember, or keep in mind that the rapture happens before the Antichrist. That's a theory, but there's others. But the idea that this whole Christian walk is for us to be prepared for an escapism mentality is a bunch of crock, and people need to stop spreading it what kind uh, i mean think about this you're telling people that you're to get saved and the whole reason why you're to get saved is to get paired for the rapture to get out of here 
So what does that tell people about the Christian faith? One, we're cowards. So all we're going to do is hunker down in our rapture bunkers and wait for Jesus to come back and go to heaven. That is not what the Bible says. In fact, you're not going to find anything in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, talking about being prepared for the rapture or talking about God preparing you for the rapture. Now, there's allusions to keeping your lamps burning, and in case, you know, Jesus comes, yeah, but that's not, that's not being prepared just to escape. That's, not, that's talking about not backsliding and growing complacent in your Christian walk, which you will do if you believe you're just waiting around to be prepared to be taken out of here. Jesus said that upon the revelation of who he was, that Peter gave him, God gave Peter and Peter spoke it, he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Now, gates don't move. So if the gates aren't moving, then the church must be moving. And if the church is moving, that means it is taking back land. And to understand the Great Commission, we have to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 2 because all the Great Commission is is a recommissioning of the original command that God gave Adam and Eve, which is to be fruitful, multiply, have dominion, and subdue the earth, which most of the church right now is not doing a very good job of. In fact, we, you know, when the Antichrist does, it's going to be a fight, and it's going to be persecution, and it's going to be ugly. But that doesn't mean that the church stops taking territory. It doesn't mean that the church doesn't assail the gates of hell in an attempted rescue mission to plunder as much people as we can out of hell before he comes. You see, you're not really helping the cause when you're telling people that the only reason to become a Christian is to go to heaven. No, the reason to be go, I mean, that's a great benefit. Don't get me wrong. I understand Jesus paid a price so we could all, that's awesome. But there is also this idea of bringing heaven to earth before he comes. There is an already not yet tension that happens when we become Christians that we have at our disposal the weapons of the future now. And those weapons are given to us listed in Ephesians, those weapons are given to us in order that we may do battle and assail the gates of hell, that we may subdue and have dominion, making disciples of all nations. Not so we can prepare for the rapture, but in order to really show the world a better way of doing things, Jesus' way of doing things. So, I really wish, you know, again, it's a pet peeve, whatever you can call, you can call me insensitive, but the idea here is that if you don't know, you don't know and, and leave it at that study before you post things on Facebook. We've got enough of that stuff going around. That's just so off. I mean, again, I think sometimes the motives are good, but at the same time, you're, you're sending a message out to people. I mean, what kind of, I guess I'm thinking, you know, what kind of life is that just waiting around for the rapture? It's, it's like a defeatist mentality. Are we going to have tribulation and, and, and bad things? Of course we are. That's part of life. 
but it's an adventure. Stand up and do something. Make your life count for something. Make your life, you know, when, when you serve God and you follow Christ, it's an adventure. It's not sitting around being prepared for to escape. It's, it's about putting on your combat boots and getting down and dirty in the trenches and, and rescuing people from the hell and turmoil that they're going through right now on this earth and that they're destined for unless they know Christ. Just, you know, again, maybe, maybe a little bit strong for a, a posting on Facebook, but I see these things so many times, it's really frustrating to me. And people want to quote things from the Bible or they want to they talk about these concepts that they themselves never study. And a lot of that is because of the lack of discipleship and the lack of programs in churches that really raise people to a point of maturity that they know the Scripture. Many people just regurgitate what they hear other people say instead of finding out for themselves what the Bible says. And if you sit under good teaching... You're going to know what the Bible says because as the person's teaching or preaching, they're going to use the Bible as their reference and not taking things out of context, which happens so much today as well. In any way, we are seeing some things in the earth speed up toward the time of his return. And I would never try to predict when Jesus is going to return, but I think it's sooner than many of us think. We we have seen a malaise kind of come over, especially the Western church and even the world, thinking that that's something that's really not going to happen now. And then now you have like people trying to explain away why it hasn't happened. And yeah, I mean, if we wouldn't be trying to predict it, we wouldn't have to explain anything. That's part of the problem is we're always trying to, there's somebody out there always trying to predict when he's coming back and we shouldn't be doing that. But we do and we are supposed to know the times and the seasons that we're in and we are in for the next couple years a pretty rough patch and if i am right and we are not going to be raptured before the tribulation we should be preparing ourselves for that very reality if we are that's awesome but what's going to hurt to prepare if we're not you know, I could be wrong. Maybe we will be pre-trib raptured out of here. I don't believe so. I believed in the pre-trib rapture for many, many, many years. And one of the first ways I, I heard the Spirit tell me, look again. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, I get this book from Voice of the Martyrs. Just the same week. And I start reading about the persecution that's happening overseas and has been happening for for 50, 60 years, and, and now you start, you, we hear about it more now because of, you know, the web and, and media, and it's easier to, to find out information. But the reality is there are people that are, that are being persecuted, and, and, and they're in their own tribulation. You could only kill a person so many ways. You can only torture a person so many ways, and those things are happening right now in countries that are locked down and do not allow the preaching of the gospel where it is illegal. And if you're caught and you're a citizen, you're put to death or tur tortured or both. And if you're not, you're put in jail and hopefully you get out of jail to be exported. Cause if not, then you know, or not exported uh, like a good, no, you're deported. Hopefully you're deported. Cause if not, you could rot into a really nasty jail and some really bad things happen to you. 
These people, there's people that are having their families killed in front of them for the sake of the gospel. And we have this audacity, this narcissistic theology that says we're going to escape it. We don't have to worry about the wrath of God because, and I, I've heard this before. Like, well, you know, it's, it's going to be even more intense. Really? Well, I don't know how much more intense you can get when you're killing people's families in front of you and then you're chopping off somebody's arm or, I mean, come on guys, how much more intense can this be? I mean, I, I, I don't understand where our logic is in that. And furthermore, it was intense in Egypt for a while. There was 10 plagues, and they were ugly. But Goshen didn't experience not one of them, and they were in close proximity. So our faith should be in that regardless of what happens, God will protect and cover his people. Not that he's going to escape, you know, pull us out of here. So something to think about if you do believe in the pre-rapture, and, or the tri, oh, I'm sorry, pre-trib rapture theory is how do you explain that to your brothers and sisters overseas right now? How do you explain to them what they're going through that they won't have to worry about going through anymore because they're going to be raptured out of here? That makes no sense. They're already going through it. So we have to relook, I think, at how we we got to look at some of our eschatology and, and really reevaluate what we're saying and how we're saying it. Because I do think it's an offense to our other brothers and sisters in Christ who are giving everything, including their lives, to preach Jesus. Until we talk again, God bless.